Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. improves children's health by developing better treatments and technologies. Ranked number five in the nation, we take on the most complex, rare, and life-threatening conditions because all children deserve a healthy future. Learn more at childrensnational.org innovation. If the start of the fall season always feels a little bit chaotic for you, then you're going to want to listen up because the sponsor of today's episode makes it a whole lot easier to stick to your routines and keep things running smoothly no matter how long your to-do list gets or how busy your schedules start to look, and that's Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest is the service that delivers delicious meals and snacks all built on organic fruits and vegetables. Um, They deliver it right to your door. They're ready to eat in just a few minutes. And until you're ready to eat them, everything stays fresh in your freezer. From fruit smoothies and oat bowls for breakfast to hearty soups, flatbreads, and harvest bowls for lunch and dinner, even plant-based ice creams for dessert, Daily Harvest has delicious, healthy options to keep you fueled regardless of whatever else your day has in store. You deserve one less thing to worry about. Let Daily Harvest take care of the fruits and veggies for you. Go to dailyharvest.com slash chatty to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash chatty for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash chatty. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. Glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save me. That's a little dramatic. (laughs) You came from heaven to earth to podcast me. From the bar to the studio. I'm like, what's the next? My debt to pay? Tragic. I guess. My bills to pay. My bills to pay. From the bar to the studio. From the studio to the charts. Oh, I like that better. To the charts. Broads, I lift your name (laughs) on. (laughs) In typical Bible broads fashion, anyone who didn't grow up exactly in the same, like, specific evangelical group that we did or in the certain age range like what in have, god's name is that song i have song? like a hard time believing that not everyone knows lord i lift your name on high i mean i yeah. know not everyone does but like i remember wait, i'm gonna do a poll on my story real quick and say have you heard the song lord i lift your name on high i'm gonna see how many people i i will say this um i remember the first time that i like i don't know we were in la like regularly hanging out and i was meeting people and at one point, I busted into a <laughs> no. evangelical Christian no. song as like a joke. You know and everyone looked at me. No, I don't remember. Everyone looked at me like, what are you singing? Like, what in what in the world are you singing? And I'm like, oh, I'm not in Orange County. <laughs> Gray has never heard Oceans. 
that was like a chart topping no that's what i'm saying i was like i was like saying the other day i was like i remember celebrities like a bunch of celebrities were posting about it the the lyrics at certain parts were vague and it could sound like a love song so people were like oh it's a love song i remember one of the first christian bands to ever break into like the quote-unquote secular charts which one was jars of clay oh which one it was flood which is a strange song to get Which popular. And if I could swim after 40 no, days yeah, yeah. and the mind's been crushed by yeah, the yeah. crashing waves of me up so high that I can't. Wow, I think there's like so many rev- biblical references I know, but I think it was a little more like avant-garde. So it was like... I mean, it's a good song. Oh, I love shirts. I mean, also, yeah. of course, there's Dare You to Move. Which yeah, that was for sure, that was for a sure, big one for sure, that for also sure. was a chart topper. Yes, which I mean, Walk to Remember really broke broke into some of those oh, <laughs> barriers yeah. for some of us. I was like, oh my god, an album that my parents will let me listen to. <laughs> Did you? Were your parents? Uh, they wouldn't like. They were. You know what? That Except was, for random bands, my mom loved. Right, of course. Of course like she was allowed to listen to, it, but I wasn't. Well, so then I. Well, yeah. I know we, and you know what's crazy? I'm sure we've had these conversations on old Bible, Bible Broads episodes, but I don't even remember because it's been like literal years now. Um, wait, so your parents were strict about music though? Yes. Okay. Oh, my mom was. Okay. My dad, you know, my dad was a little on along for the ride when it came to Christianity. Um, right, right. You right. know, in recent days, we can get more into it, but like my mom has I'm had like- I'm typing out this poll too, I'm um, listening. My mom has had like a- a big shift in her spiritual journey. Yeah. But when after my dad and mom got divorced, my dad like tried to go to church for like a hot minute after and then was like, yeah, I don't buy any of this. Oh, and yeah. he was always like, yeah, he became a Christian because my mom became a Christian and okay, kind of fell into it that way. So he would support. He's like, well, I want to hit it. So <laughs> I like, believe well, in the Lord parents. Jesus Christ. <laughs> But straight up, like, I think, you know, he was just whatever rules my mom set in place. He was like, sure, I'll support those rules. Right. Yeah. Okay, broads, we interrupt our singing session before we dive into this episode to ask you, what if you were told that before this ad break is finished, you could have all your unwanted subscriptions canceled? I know. I know. I almost didn't believe it either because canceling subscriptions you either forgot you had or never wanted to take past the free trial in the first place can be impossible. But with the help of rocket money, it's completely possible. Dare I even say easy. I love rocket money. They... Such an incredible service. They find all the money you're spending on subscriptions each month. Some of them you have probably totally forgotten about. And then they let you cancel them simply and easily by the push of a single button. That's right. Just push cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. I was so surprised at how easy it was after having tried to cancel some subscriptions on my own and given up. Okay, I could not believe Rocket Money could do it in just seconds. Get rid of unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash chatty. It could save you hundreds per year. Your future self is going to thank you and is going to save money. Go to rocketmoney.com slash chatty. Interesting. So were your parents strict with music? Actually not about music. Like if we were listening to a song and like, look, I had friends where I remember, which was funny because I went to a Christian private school, but then I very quickly learned that like not all Christians were like our family Christian, you know, where I was like, oh, like do things differently we talked about this a couple weeks ago Uh me you and evan um but like i remember you know some friends like we'd get in their car and we'd be listening you know to the top 20 hits and i'd be like whoa okay this is different like my parents um 
what's that song where it says like, it, it, it was like one of those songs that would play in the mall all the time in like 2006, where it was like, um, it had some line about like the sounds you make like in between the sheets. It was like kind of a sad song. Mm. It was kind of like, come on, get high. It wasn't that song, but it was like a song like that, like come okay. get higher. It was like, and I remember my mom, you know, it's like it would come on. She'd be like, do we, you know, like, do we have Are to we gonna listen to this? With, like yeah. the sexual <laughs> reference. But again, like you said, my parents would be, you know, even like Brown Eyed Girl with Van Morrison. It's like there's a there's that line of like rolling around in the grass, like behind the stadium with you. It's like, well, they're talking about like having sex. So right. it's like all these illusions that we would listen to in my parents, you know, right. Classic oldies hits that are a lot of sexual allusions sure. to sex. They my mom mind. would blast Duran Duran right. when I was growing up. And I'm sure there's I, I will be honest with you. I do get a little embarrassed when, um, you know, like a early 2000s playlist comes on because I don't and everyone in the club or everyone in the, the car oh, is right. all singing every lyric. Oh, and right. I don't know any of them. Okay, I had that moment in um because I never was allowed to listen to them. I had that I always have that moment with boy bands. So, I didn't listen to like boy bands growing oh, okay, up. Okay, okay. Um we didn't do really like Britney or like, you know, any of those uh what were the two big boy bands? In Sync and Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. Yeah. yeah. I remember on The Bachelor like all of the girls were singing along to a song and I and was kind of like, like <laughs> you I'm like I want to be part of the group <laughs> yeah I didn't really especially the yeah. early 2000s when I was little but like when I was in June like I would say when I was like 11 on because I was also in the age of iPods like mm -hmm. and so I didn't have to like buy a CD like I could rip music on my computer or like friends could make playlists on CDs I guess so it was different because before remember you'd have to go out of your way to like buy a CD I guess oh, friends yeah. could burn CDs so actually no, all right. No, so no, I even remember my sister would give me her burned CDs. So I guess I had a ways to the secular music. I had, there were a few. So I now know, like, it wasn't until later in life that I then was like, oh, Britney Spears. Right. And then I started, I binged Britney Spears right. albums. And I was like, this is great. And then I like binged, uh, you know, some sync or whatever. Right. So I know, like, I know a lot of Britney, but like right. I know some in sync, whatever. Right. Um, but a, like most of the songs I don't know. And I did have access. There were a few times that I was able to get my hand on a burnt CD. Yeah. This is so sneaky. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, there were definitely a few times where like my friend at a sleepover was like, here, take this. And mm -hmm. I like wrote a different name on the CD to like listen to oh, it. Oh, shit. So my friend, like I was, I wasn't allowed to. I would get burned CDs or I would get like, yeah, stuff on my iPod. And so there would there was random songs. Like I remember a friend gave me a couple CDs. And so from because of that CD, I knew like sexy back and I knew oh, okay. uh, a 98 Degrees song. It was like a random playlist. Mm -hmm. So I knew a Regina Spector song was on there. I just remember. So there was all these mm -hmm. random songs that I would get exposed to that way. My parents definitely wouldn't let me buy like an explicit CD. Mm -hmm. But then when I was like 12, yeah, I just remember I could buy stuff on iTunes on my iPod. Right. And then I would just buy whatever I wanted. No one was like checking. That's what changed the game for me. Right. You nailed iTunes. it right there. As soon as I got my first iPod and iTunes, I then... so. For me, how old were you? I was 11 or 12. Yeah, I was in high school. Right. You know what was crazy is you, <laughs> this is kind of, this is a side note, yeah. but I'm like, my brain exploded. You um, posted on Close Friends mm -hmm. 
a photo of some of your old things and you had won a theater award. Oh, yeah. In, in 2012. Yeah. And the reason it stuck with me is because, bitch, that's the year I got married. Oh, wow. And that made it hit where I was like, oh, God, I feel old. Granted, you were like, what, 23? Yeah, but still. And I was like 17. Like, but I'm like, I got married. Yeah. That weirded me My out. My sister got married at 19. That's wild. Mm-hmm. But anywho, so I... I the iPod changed everything for me and so I was in high school at that point and then all of a sudden I was like I'm not joking it was like an it was an addiction it became like a problem for me that I would sit on my computer half of the day oh yeah and down and look up every single song I like that was happening and uh-huh. downloaded everything I oh, was yeah. just like because I love music so much I was just lapping up every bit of music i could and I always the that free downloads anymore, that came out like every tuesday i was like so excited oh, on itunes i forgot about that mm-hmm. remember when you'd go to starbucks oh and they yeah. give you the card oh, where you could yeah. download the song oh i when those free downloads started i found some of my favorite bands like for I years from the free downloads that. also my dad's you know we card, have spotify and now we have spotify my dad's card was a was hooked up to my itunes account and oh, he didn't okay. know. So if I was strategic about it, as long as I wasn't you buying $20 to- albums, I was able to 99 cents here and 99 cents there. Deet, do, deet, yeah. do, deet, do. But I remember when I started high school and I was then like still at a Christian school, but I wasn't homeschooled. Yeah. So going to my first dance and hearing songs that I'd never heard before. And everyone was saying like <gasps> singing the words to them and like grinding on the dance floor. And I was like, I don't know any of these songs. It was so, it made me feel so embarrassed. But my account was also linked up with my dad's. Um, but I think my dad was like, eh. more on he, he was like, poor oh, kid. He, yeah. He's like, just let her, let her have her. And just let me just rack up on the car. Just like right. all the, all this music. Like, I can't even imagine how expensive that. that like a hundred dollars a month. Uh, no. Cause yeah, I was just, just downloading everything. And then, you like, know, if it was popular, it was a dollar 29. It wasn't 99 cents. Think so. about that. We so have funny. Spotify now. Apple, you can just get Apple music, whatever. Before we could only hear 15 seconds of a song. Was it 15 seconds or 30 seconds? I think it was like, it depended. That we just got that little clip. But you know what I always did? I listened to it. I I would, um, once I learned how to do it, I would do the YouTube song downloads. Did you do that? I don't think YouTube was around when I was listening. Maybe I wasn't allowed to go on YouTube. I don't think YouTube. I don't, either YouTube wasn't around or I wasn't allowed. So I didn't even know that it existed. Honest to God, that might be what it is. Let's see. When did, when did YouTube so sheltered. come out? So sheltered. When did YouTube come out? Man, me and my siblings were obsessed with YouTube. Like, But also YouTube was the way... Okay, it came out in 2005. So... Well, it was around, but I guess I just wasn't really n- unaware of it. But, I was so delayed in all that stuff. Like I really was like a- like AIM, uh-huh. so delayed. Oh, yeah. I was so behind the game with that. That just brought me just back to memories. Just because I wasn't memories. allowed. Like, yeah, I, I wasn't, wasn't allowed to I do that. I was a little too young for that. So I did like Yahoo Messenger. All of my like friends. what we did. Oh, God. I mean, I didn't have a phone until I was 16. Mm. So that was still yeah, 2011. Whoa. Yeah. So, it is late. Right. So even like... Because I'm like, that's around when I got a phone, but that was like then the thing. Like cell phones. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my first phone was an iPhone. So like... Oh, yeah. That was later wow. in the game. Wow. I had to use my other friend's phones. 
and yeah. I miss my razor. I loved my yeah. pink razor. It was so my friends had pink razors. I was like, mm. loved it. Said or my sidekick, flirty texts. Anyway, but yeah, um, yeah, my parents w- didn't weren't crazy about music. I guess they just didn't. I, maybe they were just too lazy to follow up. I'm sure it would be a lot of work to like go through oh. an iPod or. Well, do- there were many children for you yeah. as well. Like you know. Yeah, my, I guess that's true. It was just me until I was 13. And then... So my parents were pretty on it. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't like, you know, take out an earphone every now and then and be like, what are you listening to? Yeah, what's going on with this? What's happening? <laughs> I remember my cousin gave me a Sublime CD and there was this one song where they're like literally in the beginning of it. Maybe it's Ball and Chain. There's a song where they're like making sex sounds like in the beginning of it. And I was like... <gasps> what the hell like i'd listen to it over and over again i was probably like 11 (laughs) i remember very clearly like listening to love in this club by uh by usher and i again was probably like 11 and i was like this song it must be what sex is like yeah oh sure wow and then i was pretty disappointed (laughs) when the first time i had sex did not feel like what it felt like what it felt like listening to usher sing love in this club so that was disappointing that is so funny oh my god anyway um let's see what the poll is at where people uh, i polled if people have heard what i lift your name on high check that poll (laughs) well today we kind of just wanted to you know, I know we've given little updates here and there, but sort of at uh, one of our last topic episodes, talk have another Bible Broads episode talking about. Listen, where we're Bible at. Broads, <clears throat> I feel like that has been a cornerstone. For your face, what's that poll say? Sixty-two percent ha- do know the song. That's a heavy, heavy That's, percentage, right? I'm going to revisit it because we've only had about like fifteen hundred. Okay pollers but honestly in a gallup poll they usually have about that many like they're usually not polling more than a thousand people so what's a decent percentage so we'll see anyway um no i was saying you know i feel like obviously we've had so many episodes over the years but i feel like bible broads has definitely been a cornerstone to pull from christian lingo (laughs) a cornerstone for our show because it was like first of all it was something that you and I like deeply connected on that I don't think we really figured out until we started podcasting because mm. you and I hadn't had conversations previously that much about like our past. Like we knew about it a little bit, but not so I feel much. Like we did, but maybe not. I don't think so. I think we were talking a okay. lot more about like relationships and babies and stuff. And granted, it wouldn't have been crazy though for us to. I mean, like literally all of our friends in that circle were raised in Christian communities. Yeah, so it's so probably it just an assumption. <laughs> but I think at the time, I know for myself, even that community of friends that we were in, like everyone was still really involved in the church. Mm. And I was on, like I had been making my way out for yeah. some time. That's um, true, actually. And they, so I yeah. kind of felt a little bit like an island and I didn't really know like who I could talk to about Mm -hmm. it because at that time I definitely didn't feel comfortable talking with, uh, talking with my mom about it, which now it's great. But, um, I remember it being like sitting with you and having these like conversations that felt so freeing to like dive into that. And then I remember after our first Bible broads episode, the amount of messages and feedback and everything from people who had been raised similarly. It was definitely one of those like aha moments for me to be like, remember that like 
this is a you know you're not alone in this experience totally. that's for sure totally yeah yeah sorry the cricket is ripping it right is really <laughs> pause for the cricket it's funny too because i uh i don't know i've been like going through old journals and stuff lately uh because my mom dropped off like six giant boxes oh, no. of like stuff from like my youth and so it's just one of those things where you're like what do i do with all this shit like i don't want to no you I have to go through it. it yeah there's definitely some things to be gotten sure. rid of but like then i have to go through the emotional journey of deciding what to get rid of and yeah. then i know there's like a lot oh man it's just like a mo- oh my god i went through one night um graduation cards and there was like six cards from dead people in my graduation card stack and oh i'm just my like god Granted, yeah, they're all like a- most of them are like really old, but still, it was like, oh, no, like, it's a lot. There's all these things. Have you gone through any of your like old stuff? I have gone through some of it, especially like, of like mine and Evan's history, right? Which that's kind of fun. I love that. And then there's lots but of- also like breakup letters and stuff well, between us, and that's like actually really sad to read. Really? Like, yeah, it makes you feel kind of sick because you just remember as now it's all good, but yeah. you just remember those those feelings get kind of dredged up a little bit well on that note like a lot of my it's really interesting i guess with my journey just with christianity it's really interesting like i can't pinpoint like a i don't think i ever had a moment i never i never had like a I don't think I ever had like a fuck this moment Mm. ever. Right. Like I, I know know everyone talks about like deconstruction and reconstruction. I guess I didn't feel like I had that, but also I feel like after a certain point, I just stopped talking. I stopped. I think it was when I decided that there were certain things that I didn't really like feel that bad about anymore like smoking weed or having sex or like stuff like that i decided i didn't feel bad about it anymore and then i kind of just stopped like talking about Mm -hmm. christianity with anyone because i was just sort of like well these things aren't compatible so like and maybe i didn't think that it wasn't compatible i was like well to everyone else this isn't compatible so like i'm not gonna go to like i don't want to be fake and i feel like i have to be fake if i'm gonna go to like church or be in like christian Mm -hmm. circles so i'm just like not going to because no one else thinks this is compatible but it's really crazy to look back at my journals and even just as recent as 2015 i would say maybe yeah as recent as like 2015 to see my thoughts and really like how much guilt I had. Like all I have, there's so many journal entries of being like, Oh, I feel bad. Cause I'm like writing about this boy, but like, I should be writing about like, I should be like writing my prayers out right. or like I spent right. all this time doing this. And like, I should have been reading my Bible or like, I feel bad because like, I went to church this morning and like really felt wanted to like reconnect with God. But then last night, you know, I was doing this and there was just like so much like guilt that I put upon myself reading back on my journal entries that um, I could just see really strongly almost the whole time. It's like it was constant like self-flagellation of Mm -hmm. like feeling like Mm -hmm. I wasn't good enough, which also for me, I guess, has been a theme like I've talked about through all areas of life, like not just with Christianity of being like 
feeling guilty, you know, even just feeling guilty of like, I should be journaling instead of watching a reality show, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, I should be working on, you know, my art or like reading a book instead of, you know, doing this. And so there's, I'm very motivated by all these shoulds, but it's really interesting to see how all encompassing that was like in my journal entries of like all these shoulds that I was feeling with Christianity. Oh, absolutely. I, I uh, remember going through, speaking of like mine and Evan's history, one of the things I did go through was a journal of mine and it was, you know, throughout high school. And I totally resonate with that. It was a lot of me just writing about God and there'd be inserts about the real things that were going on. Right. But I wrote about God nonstop in my journals because that's what I thought I was supposed to be doing. Right. So I was doing what I thought I was supposed to be. And I remember going through my journals and feeling really, I felt really achy for like, myself in the way like exactly what you're talking about with that guilt that I was like oh bitch you were going through a whole hell of a lot it's high school there's all sorts of transitions in life things and when I read this journal I don't see Jessica I see what Jessica thought she should be uh-huh. which is just talking about God 24 7 in your private like and even yeah. when I would have like a tough day and I'd be like today was really hard but I'm so grateful to God for create like it, it was always like I wouldn't even in my journals allow myself to have a hard day because it was like that's not what you're supposed to be doing right and it was definitely a a wake-up call like allowing myself to grieve for like that little you know, that younger person, but then also a wake up call of like, oh, in what ways are you doing that now? Because, you know, patterns carry through. It's like, in what ways are you doing things that you feel like you should be doing instead of being authentic Mm. in who you are? You know, and how does that translate then? It's also kind of crazy that you were doing that even in your private private journal. Well, because I was like, God's watching me always. Interesting. So I was like trying to always battle the things in my head of like thinking about something else because i'd be like oh and i'd like when i would start to pray and i'd be all of a sudden be thinking about a cute boy right. or whatever i'd be like oh my god stop 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 because i was like he, he can read my thoughts right and like he's gonna be mad <laughs> you know or whatever like how disrespectful of me it's interesting because i don't i don't i think i felt hmm i'm like trying to remember what it felt like if I felt how I felt God felt about everything. Mm. I think I, in my like brain that rationalizes and conceptualizes, like I think I really clung to, at least in the more recent years, like God knows the human experience because he was man. And so he understands like every part of the human experience, which Mm. is like selfish and all of that. So I think that I thought like, well, God understands like. Interesting. But I felt like because of the community, I felt like um, I had to prove to God that I desired a relationship with him. So like. I don't think I ever really felt guilty. Oh, oh, this is interesting. I I um I don't think I ever felt Yeah, I don't know. I I don't like I'm trying to think with like sex and stuff in high school. Like I don't really think I felt bad 
I don't know. It's really interesting to try to remember, but I felt feel like I felt more like I had to prove to God that I wanted to be close to him in order to do that. I had to like sacrifice or like mm. sacrifice my time, like in terms of like volunteering or the Bible or prayer in order to like show my devotion. Right. But I don't think I felt a lot of like God's like judging me. Okay. Interesting. I felt like I just was always told that I would be putting up a wall in my relationship with him if I was sinning. Okay. Because, yeah. Was it was it all motivated by that perspective of God for you? Or was there also like an authority piece in there too? Like parents and authority figures? Well, definitely. And they were also the ones like telling me all those sure, things, right? Sure. But like, I think I remember even feeling like, Oh, well, Jesus hung out with like people who were really bad sinners. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Have you seen those, all those commercials? Like Jesus, he gets us. Have you seen all that <laughs> no. stuff? It's like, a, I saw it on TV recently and they have like an Instagram account. It's like, Jesus suffered from anxiety too. Like he gets us. And it's like this whole campaign. Wow. Coming from, you don't know. Okay. He gets us. <laughs> Coming the, from the, Jesus. No, it's, yeah, it's literally, no, there's an Instagram it's called like, Jesus he gets is, us. It's a new PR baby yes. <laughs> for a new PR campaign. <laughs> Jesus is like, no, I also had anxiety. Okay. <laughs> Trust. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Very anxious. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Okay, Broads, quick pause. So if you work in any field that requires you to wear some sort of scrub-like uniform, listen very closely because we are here to tell you about the company that is turning traditional scrubs on their heads, meaning they're both functional, comfortable, and stylish, okay? And they just launched a ton of new colors for fall. Of course, we're talking about figs. Figs, they make the comfiest, most functional, most stylish scrubs around. No matter what field you work in or what your day holds, you are ready when you're in figs. They've got their innovative technical comfort technology, ridiculously soft four-way stretch fabric, Um, and they've thought of every little detail, Super functional. They're moisture wicking, anti wrinkle, and anti odor. And you even have, um, there are even certain pairs of scrubs that have 20 pockets. There are dozens of different styles and colors to choose from, but if you need a place to start, we suggest browsing their huge collection of their most loved core collection because they never go out of style and you can mix and match all of them to double or even triple your collection. And if you want an extra personal touch uh, for you or your entire team, you can even have your scrubs customized with text or icon embroidery, which is so cute. Figs believes the awesome humans in healthcare deserve awesome scrubs to match. Head to wearfigs.com and use promo code chatty to get 50 chatty broads, promo code chatty broads to get 15% off your first order. That's W E A R F I G S.com promo code chatty broads. So every place I've ever lived in, no matter if it was my parents' house growing up or my first apartment as an adult, or now my first place with my own family, my bedroom has always been my most favorite room in the house. And when I moved into my own place with my own fam and found Article, it was game on, baby. Article helped me and can help you turn the space you dream in to the space you've always dreamed of. Well, you know, it's not exactly a secret that shopping for furniture and home decor can be a huge pain in the butt. I mean, sometimes you find something you want and then it's like a four to six month wait to get it delivered. Um, Or you have to search through Oh my God, there's some websites, literally hundreds 
of pages of the online store and it's just overwhelming to try to find anything. Anyway, with Article, it has never been easier. Article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the simplicity of shopping online. And if you find something you love and it's in stock, you can get it delivered in two weeks or less. And shipping is free on all orders of uh, nine, all orders over $999 in the U.S. and Canada. And the quality of the pieces from Article are truly unbelievable. I have to say, almost every piece of furniture in my house is from Article. And every time I get a new piece from Article, I am wowed, like surprised by the quality of these pieces. Um, And every piece I've purchased from Article looks like it was about 10 times more expensive than it actually was, which, by the way, you can expect to save up to 30% over retail, traditional retail prices when you shop at Article thanks to their direct-to-customer sales approach, Article is one of the first places I look anytime I need something for my home, and the experience is always consistently hassle-free. Article is also offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, you just have to visit article.com slash chatty. The discount's going to be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash chatty for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Yeah, I don't know. Um... So, yeah, but I guess I just felt like, yeah, so, so it's it's interesting. But then there is also, and this is something that I've been really sorting out uh, with people in my life recently. Um, I was talking to a friend who was not raised Christian at all. And um, she was talking about, I felt like this was really interesting. She was saying after... And she's like in her 30s and she considers herself like really sexually liberated and all of that and has kind of always been really comfortable in her sexuality. But she was like, after like hooking up with someone, like I feel really like gross or even sometimes like watching Mm -hmm. porn and masturbating, like I feel really gross. And she's like, the only thing that I can like, she's like, for I think she was like, I literally just think it's like for me, like in my body and who I am, like if I don't have meaning and connection attached to that, it's very empty for me. Mm -hmm. And that is, does not feel like the purpose of like how I want to be using my body and my sexuality. And she was like, and that makes me feel gross. And that was actually really liberating to hear because um, I think it's really confusing for people who grew up in the church to be sifting through, especially with like sexuality stuff. Like, um, you know, like, yeah, I have always been like, man, do I still have like religious guilt over stuff? Mm -hmm. And then what I have realized, actually, especially in talking to that friend is like, it's, it's a little bit of that, but then also sexual trauma. And then also like certain people are like not made for certain things and like certain, like, and, and to just be aware in the moment of like, am I just like honoring my body or my desires in something that feels good? And if this makes me feel bad after, like I don't need to, I don't need to immediately assume that that's just like religious guilt and I need to get over it because it would like, everyone's telling me, you know what I mean? Like everyone's telling me that it's feels good and that this is normal to do. Mm -hmm. And like, it's interesting and talking to friends who weren't raised Christian, we're like now having the next wave of like the sexual liberation conversation of like, Oh yeah. And like some people just don't like, it doesn't feel right to them to hook up with people or it doesn't feel right to them to like watch porn or doesn't. And that leaves them with a yucky feeling. And that's not always religious 
sure. or cultural repression. Well, and that's the whole point of sexual liberation, well, right. right? Is is to be in a place where like everyone Basically, everyone being able to be in a position where if I want to have sex, I should be right. able to have sex shame free. If I want to stay celibate, I should be able to stay celibate shame free. Like right. it's making it's my body and my choice. Well, yeah, but I think I've talked about it before but, that it becomes very confusing, I think, for people of being like, well, like, why do like if I feel and this isn't my story, but I know it is for some people. Like if I feel icky after masturbating, like what's wrong with me? Do I have childhood trauma that I'm repressing? Do I have shame mm-hmm. of being a woman that I need to unpack? Like, and it's kind of liberating to talk to people and to be like, well, maybe not. Like maybe that's not actually a problem that I need to unearth and work through. Like maybe that doesn't feel good to you. Right. That's the thing. And I think, yeah. And it's, I, I think that that's amazing because I think then you're allowing yourself to like, to genuinely examine all of those things and potentially have a breakthrough yeah. or the breakthrough is this is just not something that feels good for my body. And I don't, yeah, I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. And no one should push anything like that on someone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like with anything, things are very nuanced. And so, general messages that are ultimately good messages can get confusing if your experience doesn't fit that message. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but I think I was going to say like, oh, thinking back on all these things, it's interesting to sometimes, I don't know if you have this experience, but sometimes it's muddled whether it's religious guilt or maybe it's actually not actually tied to religion at all. Yeah, I definitely do. I will... To be perfectly honest, for myself, and I know that's like when we ha- would have had these Bible broad conversations over the years, that's been really cool to like have conversations with you and with other people to be like, number one, it's so nice to have this bonding experience of like other people feel similar ways that I do. But another piece of that is number two, we all are so different. And, you know, something that I've come to really Something I've come to really see is that most of mine is religious mm. trauma. Mm. Um, and, and I wasn't just talking about sex. I was talking about all guilt. Oh, like, no. Do you feel like I, most of your guilt in general? Yes. Yeah. And, then, and I've, and I've, you know, that's what I've been then working through is that most of it is religious trauma based. But what I've also been, be able, been able to have really amazing conversations with other people, like some of my dearest friends, you know, where they have similar trauma and they were also raised in a religious household and it's not from religion mm-hmm. and it's something different. Or mm-hmm. they were raised in religion and they don't have that same trauma. Mm-hmm. And being able to recognize that is really cool, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's really helped too with my process of. Trying to figure out the best way to put this. Basically, like being able to have empathy for myself and also other people's valid experiences as well. So when I'm having a conversation with someone who religion, the specific religion that maybe really traumatized me, like really helped them Mm -hmm. and not judging that and being like, no, that was really beneficial for you. And it did really hurt me. 
Yeah, well, something that I've come to realize, I feel like actually through our conversations, especially in the last year, is when we're talking about religious trauma, what ultimately most of these things come down to is um, trauma in a community. So it doesn't, as we know, different communities use the Bible or the religious institution of Christianity in such a variety of ways, mm -hmm. right? Like we see Westboro Baptist using the Bible and we see, I don't know, can't think of an, any good examples, but we see, we see all of these and we, and we see organizations that are out there like, you know, protesting and donating and doing like wonderful things with their church organization. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are like so many different ways. And so, I think what it really comes down to and why it might be hard for people to understand who are like, th they might've been in a community where it's like, they were very alone and they found a church that was a wonderful community yeah. that welcomed them with open arms and people who supported them. Like I remember a friend whose mom, her, her, her husband passed away. My friend's dad passed away while her mom was pregnant with her. Mm. And like every woman at her church was like, it was like a rotating door. Like her mom, even when she was, giving birth to her. She had like 10 ladies from the church singing with her in the hospital room. Like, well, you know, and it's like, that is such a beautiful example of community and in the name of religion, mm -hmm. but like a really beautiful example of that. And also, you know, it's like at that same church, like this might've been happening at the same time in the name of the Bible that was seriously traumatizing to someone so it's like right and and i've just realized it's like so much of it has to do with like whatever part of what a community did to a you a thousand percent i was having a conversation with a newer friend of mine who is queer and they grew up in an affirming church mm -hmm. like an lgbtq affirming church uh -huh. and had you know this experience in their specific community that was always so affirming and so good and having the conversations with them about all of a sudden when they branched out of that and saw other versions oh, of that yeah. being in shock. Right. Like, right. I'm not accept. Like, what? Right. And it was like, oh, but that was the community. Right. And it's like, it's too... Yeah. Or, or even our experiences that we've talked about mm -hmm. recently of like um, my church upbringing being very accepting of the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. spiritual gifts, right? right? And prophesying and like all of these more like, whoa, mystical. I mean, they would not call it mystical. They'd be like, that's not what it is. But I'm like, that is mystical. <laughs> like, you're, like, mysticism. you're like channeling a spirit to uh -huh. tell the future. Like you do get that's what's happening you're psychic. here. <laughs> right. Like don't know how to tell you that. But like that was happening in my church and that was like not happening in your church mm -hmm. at all. Like that's a really different and we didn't really talk about that much until this year. And I'm like, that is a really key different experience in our religious upbringing. Right. And I remember there were like active, this was when I, in the younger years uh, of my church upbringing when I was younger. But I remember this one specific church I was going to when I was young. Not only was it not a thing, churches that practice the way you did. Mm -hmm. Oh, we talked about you. Right. And it was like, that's not God. Right. I don't even know what they said it was. <laughs> But it was like, no, 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 no. And it was like, not only did we not do that, it was like, no, that's, it's not right. okay. Or like my parents would speak in tongues what? quietly, but then they said, if you're speaking out 
loudly in tongues, which other people in our church would do. My parents said that's not right because someone should be translating it if someone's right. There were all these different what rules. The hell, where the hell does that even come from? I don't know. Is that biblical? I don't know. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, how much of this stuff is even like? What's even biblical? Like, you know, I remember ha- getting into a full. Oh my god, the memories. Getting into a full, like, huge argument, like almost friendship ruining argument when I was in god I don't know like fourth or fifth grade uh-huh. with one of my friends who I did the homeschooling organization with uh-huh. which I think by the way is where most of my religious drama mm. comes from it was this like small group but we would meet four times three four times a week and would have like chapel every day and it was uh-huh. like I mean that's intense. it was it was intense <laughs> um but I got into this almost almost friendship ruining argument because my friend because her family believed it believed in a certain form from revelations of how the rapture of right and the coming of christ would happen and my family believed in a different order and both families were like it's wrong and unbiblical and we were like had this bl- i'm like what have you ever read the book of revelations oh, right. before you can't even fit. I mean, you go, nobody knows. It's a little veiled. It's like pretty sure the man was on some heavy shrooms when he was writing well, it. What is going on? And everyone was like, no, this is how it is. And just fighting and just div- the divisiveness between like, we were like four, you know, we we're fighting for our parents, right? Because we were fighting right. for what our parents said and believed in. But it was like, we're arguing about what? Well, even the concepts of like heaven and hell, like it can be argued. There's actually a lot of passages throughout the Bible that talk about like, basically like an eternal this eternal sleep like after you die so there, it's not even like this idea of heaven and hell thing isn't actually necessarily like bible no. based no. um and there's definitely no clear like guidelines on how, how all that goes after you die to be honest in the bible it's no. just like there's we're like talking very reference. loosely about like end times like yeah. like in revelation there's one reference to like what gehenna is that what it is where like it's burning outside of the city and that's like the big hell verse and it was like it was referring well to, and like, i know that there's the lake outside. of fire that like you know satan and anyone who denies god will be like thrown into the lake of fire so there is that but that's also in the context of this like very yeah dramatic vision narrative yeah there's like actually more verses of the bible that back up this more like eternal sleep like nothing happens after you die well and also i'll never forget reading rob bell's book what is the bible Uh and seeing such a good book by the way um and seeing him breaking down like okay a lot of churches always use this specific phrase to mean this let's actually break down like the hebrew or the right. aramaic and what at the time it meant and i remember him using the example of like if someone were to unearth a book from right now in thousands of years and someone was referring to democrats and republicans as the donkey and the elephant and just kept saying donkey and the elephant or red and blue. Oh, yeah. They'd probably read it without knowing context. You'd read it like. Well, even Democrat and Republican, like even to use that example of someone saying Democrat and Republican, that has a completely different context from 100 years ago, which in the grand scheme of time is a really short period of time. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's you like, can also interpret those things as being percent. very two different things. But then imagine in thousands, thousands of years reading a book and it was just like, well, in the red and the blue. And it's like red and blue. Red, right. and, red and blue. What, what, what do they wear? Red and one more blue. I, I don't right. understand. Like you're trying to then figure <laughs> it out. Historical con- yeah. context. Yeah. So much historical context. Yeah. So, yeah. All that being said, I think that everyone's 
experience with Christianity is just so different because we were all surrounded by different people totally. when we were doing the the thing totally. that we did. Um, and I think that people also walk away for all different reasons. Um, I was telling you recently, I think, and something that I was finally able to put in words, like, uh, I think that, I don't know. Do you remember what you said on the first, ep- like our first Bible Wads episode, like what you believe or whatever? You were <sighs> definitely still way more like... Cautious with what I was saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm about to open up I wasn't I, didn't, I wasn't actually going to say cautious oh. though. I was going to say more like you were doing a lot more like sorting at that yes. period of time. Like it was sorting you- and it was also cautionary because I was like this is going to end relationships when I say this. Mm-hmm. And I was very aware that it would and it did. Um even though I felt like I put things gently it did end a lot. And so I was aware that that was going to happen. Yeah. So I was definitely like sorting. Like that's a great way of putting it. And and also I was trying to process like I was feeling there were so many emotions coming up where it was like fear, rage, you know, justice. Like I was I was that was also a time too where I was watching that specific episode. I was watching a few friends go through a lot Mm. and I was mad Mm. and rightly so Mm -hmm. righteously angry as Mm -hmm. they would say. Right. And um, so I was, there was also because there was like that, like there was anger there. I was kind of trying to be a little more cautious, being aware of like the feelings I was feeling. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you remember for yourself? I think that uh I mean I don't I don't I don't think I've ever in the last several years like ever said like oh yeah this is what I believe I'm just like not that kind of person I, I or like in this specific like spiritual context I can't see myself ever being like and I believe like that this is the way things are I don't really know uh I probably just I don't know, but I don't know what I said, but I do know now, like what I've sort of come to realize is like, I actually do a lot of the same, I live like a lot of the same spiritual life that I did, that I always did in the sense of like, um, and I was telling my mom the other day, like, it's so interesting to try to I don't have like a vocabulary because mm-hmm. I have the vocabulary that was given to me by the church that doesn't feel right though. Cause for me it's so associated with a lot of personal guilt and shame, but then also associated with like a community that it doesn't, I de- don't necessarily feel like I fit in with. So totally. um, for different reasons, but I I was telling her, but then also it's like, if I use other another vocabulary that also feel like it feels like it doesn't fit because also a lot of that vocabulary is associated for me like with shame Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. of like i'm going to consult spirit or like it's like that kind of stuff is like a little was i guess like a little taboo in the church so then that also doesn't feel right because it still has like a weird feeling for me right (laughs) 
So, but I mean, I, I get the truth of it is there is so much, at least in the church community that I grew up with and uh, set of spiritual practices, like there is so much overlap in a lot of like, and I think both parties don't seem to realize this, like, at least in the church community I grew up in, like there was a lot of like, you consult the Holy Spirit. And then now in a lot of the like woo spiritual circles, it's like y'all are doing like the same thing. And I think you both don't realize that you're both just trying to like connect to a higher power to help you figure out what you want to do next Mm -hmm. in life. And so that was a big thing in the church that I grew up in. It's a big thing with a lot of spiritual circles that I see now. And I'm like, you guys are doing the same thing. Same with like prayer on, I mean, let's be real manifesting is like basically the same thing you guys like i don't know how to break it to you but when you're like manifesting stuff or when you're praying for stuff like you guys are like doing the same thing you're like how can i like visualize and meditate on like these things that i want this life that i want for myself or the life i want for the people around me like that's very similar um my mom my sweet mom and i had this conversation the other day because my mom is still is like you know still she would say she's like i follow jesus right but right. she's like you know i don't right. like to be associated sure, with the sure, christian sure. church sure. she's got her all of her trauma that sure, she's sure, working sure. through too but she always is praying for me right as is my grandma yeah and years ago i had conversations with them where i literally was like it triggers me a little bit when i tell you something i'm struggling with and you tell me you're going to pray for me because to me i just write that off as just like no nah, like what yeah stop yeah. Like, what do you no, I, I help me. <laughs> right. And when my mom and I then had this great conversation where she was just like, I believe this. Yeah. And I'm thinking about you right. and wishing you success right. and peace right. and all of that. And when I was able to then kind of break it down a little bit in my head, where I was like, Oh, it's like if a friend was like, I'm going to manifest this for you. Right. And I don't even know how necessarily, but like, but just, but just, I, I'm thinking of you. Right. Right. And I wish you the, the best. Right. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. just, that's the, like you said, the verbiage that you have. The vocabulary, yeah. And now when my mom says that to me, maybe not all people, because I don't feel that way sure. about when certain people tell me that they're praying for me because it like, gets layered. But when my mom or my grandma says it, I soak that up. It means so much. Well, and it's funny, just very recently for me, like I have started, yeah, like asking for that, like, oh, will you pray for me? Or like, will you be praying for us? Yeah, I've been asking my mom for that recently too with the podcast. And I'm like, can you pray? Will you pray for me? <laughs> totally. And and it's funny because like, I know. And it's funny because I've been finding myself like almost saying that to people, you know, uh-huh. like, oh, I'll be praying for you. Because there are situations in life where all you can do, like you said, is wish someone well and wish them peace and happiness. Mm-hmm. And and so lately it's like they're even in like a family group chat you know like i'll be praying and then like i will you know like i'll think on that person and like um gray was even away last weekend and like i was i was praying for him right like he would come to mind and i would think in my head you know like I would visualize him and I would be like, I just, you know, hope that I basically praying, you know, I'm going to speak like peace upon this experience for him and that he will have a refreshing time where he can like, you know, all of those things. So I was praying for him and it's not, you know, the, the vocabulary that we grew up with. It's almost kind of powerful to like (laughs) reclaim that a little bit for yourself because I've been feeling very similarly lately where I, I'm like, oh, I'm taking these moments. Like if my mom's having a hard time with something, like I, 
Am I bowing my head and going, dear Jesus? Right. And then doing the whole right. with the verbiage and then amen. No, but like I'm going to take a walk and my whole walk, I'm thinking about my mom and wishing my mom well right. and love and wishing my mom peace. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's a form of prayer. It's a form of, I, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I know people, I know there's like, oh, studies that like prayer doesn't do anything. And it's like, whatever. And I know that there's also the type of prayer where it's like, we're, you know, and I used to sort of scoff. Not really, actually. I guess, like I said, I never really dipped into that phase where I was really like scoffing, but I might have like been like rolled my eyes, you know, about like 30 people gathering in a room and like praying over someone. But like when I think about it now, I'm like, is that going to change like their medical outcome? Maybe not. But also like I do now feel that and I don't remember how I honestly don't remember how I used to feel, but I feel right now that it is very powerful to have like a group of people, if not powerful for any other reason than your mental and emotional wellness to know that all these people are desiring good things for you and even gather to wish those things upon you. Well, and I think, again, that's then the trauma of our association with that word. I know for myself, I'll just speak for myself only, my trauma with the association of the word prayer is a few things. Number one, it's someone writing off my feelings right or my issues or shaming you or sh- yeah or shaming right? like, you i'll be praying for you i'll be you. praying for you or yeah, like you said you're not taking for- ta- taking tangible action to help and instead being like right I'm so just it was like it was you. like you're not going to take tangible action to help me or the world or right. anyone else you're just going to be like i'm going to pray about it it's right. like okay well that you know what i know what that means you're going to do jack shit right thoughts and prayers yeah thoughts and prayers. Like, right, right. No- number two exactly what you said the shame the 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 group of friends where you'd get together and you'd share someone's personal secret and you would say and it would just be oh my mom's calling me <laughs> <laughs> and it would just be gossip yeah and then everyone would be like everyone would be like yikes i'll be praying for them right. and i'm like oh my and those are when i hear praying and that's twisted yeah. yeah and when i hear when i would hear praying for you um or it would be a holier than thou thing like mm, i'll be praying for you right like it's like no i'm trying to share something with you right now i want to have a real conversation right. and it's going to be uncomfortable right i want you to be here with me and sit in the discomfort and you don't have to fix it and your way of ending and fixing the conversation is saying i'm going to pray for you right. so you can walk away and not feel right. bad right that's right. the vibe right right so that's where then the association for myself is with the word yeah but it's like you know, now, do I think that prayer does anything? I don't know. I think it does absolutely everything for yourself. You know, it's like if I spend my night when I go to bed praying for my children or my friend or even maybe someone I don't like, it's like that is all... Like, that's all good energy. I sound like Annie Letterman. Like, that's all good energy that you're putting back into yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you are... Love her. You are... <laughs> so much. You're putting... that. That's, like... I just feel like that's good energy that's circulating within yourself to, like, wish well upon people. Oh, you know? Absolutely. Your children, your community, your friends, your family, your enemies, yeah. like... Yeah, we're not talking... We're not talking thoughts and prayers no action right but it's right it's like no when i when i love someone and someone's hurting like i know that it has meant the world to me for someone to also tell me like 
I've been thinking and praying for you when I believe them, you know, to, to right, know when you believe right, them. When, they're, when they're not bullshitting right. me. But when someone is like, I've been thinking and like praying for you, it's like, wow, like you've been taking time to like me- meditate on like my well-being. Like yeah. that's really that's really beautiful. Yeah. Like and I appreciate that. I've been trying to come to a place in my journey where when you know, and who knows where I'll land. Probably, you know, you never, you never quite figure it out, right? But like, where when someone says, I'm praying for you, that I just take it as you're thinking of me and you're wishing me well. Right. And I'm not like, that's, that's what it is. Or then when I hear, if I were to, you know, via my old vernacular say i'm praying for you just quickly and if someone would look at me and be like fuck that don't fucking pray right. for me that i'd be like oh i hear you <laughs> right. and accept you know what i'm right, saying right. just be like okay like this is how you're wishing me well and this is where you're like no fuck that like right. that is a right, right that is a no no thank you right you know right. what i mean right. like and just be like yeah this is just different i don't know yeah i don't know but i now am very happy because i feel like with some people in my life, I feel comfortable being like, I love your prayers and I appreciate your prayers and I will ask for your prayers. Yeah. And do I think that it's going to change anything? No, but it does make me feel less alone in the world knowing that you're thinking of me when I'm having a hard time. Totally. And that means a lot to me. Totally. You know, I think a big difference between me and you that we have talked about recently is that when I was maybe like older than 15, all of my close friends were sort of on a similar page as me. Yeah. Um, or an unspoken similar page. Uh-huh. And the only people in my life were sort that were pretty like staunchly Christian, I would say, were like, my immediate family and my friends' families. Right. But like not like my friends or like my social circles. Mm -hmm. Like no friends or anyone like that was like judging me, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like that was like a pretty big difference in our like older teen, young adult experience. Yeah, I think so. Definitely had some friends. It was so funny. I definitely had friends who were like, struggling yeah and we're questioning it but we were all too scared to talk about it with each yeah. other um and i think a lot of it came from too i don't want to get too into it for other sure individuals yeah, yeah, yeah. story's sake but it was like okay if your parents are high up in this church everybody's eyes are on you well i think it also helped too because my parents were in positions of leadership but um my older siblings uh kind of both really fucked up in certain ways. <laughs> so you were like, so yeah, they well. kind of paved the way for me where mm-hmm. already my parents sort of had this thing of like, and to be honest, like a lot of, and maybe that was also just where I grew up just in terms of like city. Like there was also leadership in the church. Like even our pastor of the church, like his daughter got pregnant when she was like 19, mm-hmm. you know, and that was like part of their story as like a family. Mm-hmm, and of course mm-hmm. it was a big thing. Cause it was like, she kept him and it was a beautiful story of life and all of that sure. sort of thing. But yeah. it's, it was like, I think that there was a big narrative in our church. A lot of elders had older kids where it was like, you pray for, you got to pray for them. Like they, these youth are out here. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to like think about that church culture of yeah. like I felt I felt like 
a lot of there was a decent number of parents who their kids were just doing their own thing. Yeah, ours was interesting because it was like there was a ton of youth there. Yeah. Um but there was a group who were like the good kids. And I the knew that group unquote. and I was not and that's the other thing. I was not like accepted in that group I felt like from a young age. Sure. Like from like yeah. 10 probably. I remember being like, "Man, I'm like not in that circle." Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why i wasn't in that circle because like i felt like i'm i'm like who my parents are like i felt like i should be part of it i think was that i was homeschooled too and that i like was not like involved in like other aspects of okay interesting i don't know interesting um but i was not in that circle i would have welcomed you in babe (laughs) (laughs) i would have been dramatized inside it and we could have done it all together (laughs) Okay, broads, one more quick pause. So I love the flavors and dishes of autumn. Okay, the warm soups, the robust spices, winter vegetables. It's literally one of my favorite things about the seasonal transition to the end of the year. However, however, fall is also one of the busiest times. It always is one of the busiest times, which means I don't have nearly as much time to spend in the kitchen as I would like to. You also know me. You know that I can struggle in the kitchen, so it's hard enough as it is. But thankfully... I have a little help, a lot of help, from Daily Harvest, which allows me to still enjoy the fresh flavors of the new season for every meal without spending any extra time preparing them. Dude, Daily Harvest has your back no matter how busy your life can get. I love that everything's in my freezer just ready to go from breakfast to dinner, everything in between. All of their meals and snacks are built on organic fruits and vegetables, Um, you just have to, depending on what meal you have, you just have to heat it or blend it or mix it. And it only takes a few minutes and you have a delicious meal ready to eat. They're super nourishing. They never use any artificial preservatives or ingredients. Everything is super healthy. You don't have to think twice. Just pull it out of the freezer, prepare it and enjoy. So let's get into some of the specifics because broads, this is seriously yum. For breakfast, I have been loving the apple cinnamon oat bowl because again, Your girl loves fall flavors, okay? But if you're into smoothies or chia seed bowls, they've got those on the menu as well. For lunch, I always find myself reaching for one of their warming soups. And for dinner, you cannot go wrong with one of their flavorful harvest bowls. So good. You deserve one less thing to worry about. Let Daily Harvest take care of the fruits and veggies for you and go to dailyharvest.com slash chatty to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash chatty for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash chatty. So now that we are officially in October, it's basically the holiday season from here until January as far as I'm concerned. I know. I know some of you might think I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but October is actually one of the most popular months for weddings. So let's assume you have one or more to attend. Then you've got the rest of the holiday season. I mean, long story short, the next few months are going to be filled with more than likely a lot of formal wear, which means for those of us who like wearing shapewear, a lot of shapewear, which I always wanted because, you know, I wear a lot of the short formal wear and didn't want that panty line, but which I often avoided because, you know, the not being comfortable part and also the peeing situation. But these are not problems with Honey Love. Honey Love is changing the way that we feel about shapewear because they are making it functional, but also, dare I say, comfortable. 
A lot of other shapewear brands have a tendency to be made with super tight, super cheap fabrics that just completely flatten you out. No, 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 no. Honey Love is made using technology so you feel supported where you want, but you don't lose any of your natural curves. It is designed to work with your body, not against it. So Honey Love's Superpower Short is their number one bestseller. And let me tell you why. It has boost bands built in so you don't ever have to worry about them rolling up or down during wear, which is amazing. And what personally sold me is it has an opening in the gusset. Okay, if you've ever tried to go pee while wearing shapewear, well, then you already know that it is a pain. So Honey Love has got it all figured out, okay? It's amazing. And also for me personally, what I love, goodbye panty line in those tight formal outfits. No matter the occasion, you deserve to look and feel your absolute best. Get 20% off Honey Love with code chattybroads at honeylove.com slash chattybroads. Culling all our honeys, you deserve it. It was the group of like the quote unquote good kids. Yeah were like who weren't partying or like hooking up you know at least that they were aware of or whatever and my dad was in a pastoral position and so the kids who were like their their kid their um parents were you know involved in ministry and like you were like you know were all of us happened to also be in the uh in the worship team there were eyeballs on us in a way that was like all of the adults had like wildly high expectations of us Uh and it was this little community of kids and it makes my heart so sad because like they were all really kind. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't this whole like we're the good kids and fi-. like it was a really really kind group of kids who had like really good hearts. Yeah, and some of them are still like my best friends to this day. And um, the the adults around had this dynamic where they were just and I'm not talking about like the staff. I'm talking right. about like the people who went to the church right. had this wildly high expectation of all of us because I think there was a little bit like you're influencing my kids. Right. So if you fuck up, there was a little bit of that thing where it's like, you need to be the A plus example to all of them. And if you're not, as an adult, I have the grounds to come and tell you exactly what to do. Yeah. And so there was always this very strange dynamic going on where you're like, oh, there's parents, there's people from the church random people from the church coming to me who I've never seen before in my life criticizing something that I've done. Yeah. And it was so disarming because you're like, I actually, I went through that and literally that of like people that I didn't know, you know, being like, you should not be wearing that shirt and like that kind of thing. Um, But we started going to, I'm just, I'm just reflecting on this. And like, we started going to a different church because there were leadership shifts in our church. And we ended up going to new church when I was like 12. So actually it was like at our old church, basically when I was like a teenager. And also I was like a, I was like, I was like a perfect, not perfect, but I was like a real, I was not perfect, but but on the outside, like I was a really, really, really good kid until probably I was like 16 or 17. So I was older, but even like, but now that I'm thinking about it, we went into a totally new church when I was like 12. So a lot of people like didn't know who I was or didn't know who like my parents were. And I felt like that changed my experience. My, I think a lot of my, yeah, you're having like meetings about you right where it'd be like someone saw me out holding hands with someone and like a group of adults would sit me down like a large group of people and like tell me how i was sinful and my parents wouldn't be present and it was like 
because you, your face, people know you, you need to be this way. And it'd be like, first of all, <laughs> who are these people? But it was very much like that. And so I think that's where a lot of that was. A lot of us have repressed stuff, I think, where all of a sudden we're sitting together and all of a sudden one of us will be like, oh my God, do you remember that one time when da-da-da? And we're like, oh my God. Like, and you just, you know, it hits you. And yeah, it's just, it, it just was a, a, a time when... It's such a powerful time in your youth when you felt like that was taken away. You experienced really, really intense like social pressure is what it sounds like. Like super, super intense social pressure. Yes. In a maybe a more unique way than like. Yeah, there was a lot of social pressure. And and the thing then then that makes it obviously um, really heavy is that it's associated with life or death. Right. right and wrong. So it's like something that, you know, would be so minuscule would be, again, like how tight your outfit was or how much skin was showing, like had to do with whether you were a good person or not. Yeah. And that would be determined every week. Like, are you a good person or not because of who you're hanging out with or the things you say or do? And you're like, I'm a kid. You know, you're just kind of. I think a lot of it has to do with personality too. It's like, because it's really interesting for me to process, you know, with like my sisters who their internalization and their internalization, externalization of like the same similar experiences are like really, really different, you know, or like. a thousand percent one of my siblings like talks about being like really really terrified of hell and i'm like i don't remember like ever going through that really, like yeah. i just and i know you've talked about that too oh and my it's just gosh, like yeah i wasn't but yeah that like, wasn't something that yeah i don't know why i don't even know if people were telling us two different things i think i just my internalization of what was going on was just a different process mm-hmm. And then I also have a rebellious streak that was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Sure, sure. And I think, and I and I look back and I think, like, thinking about different kids at the time in my youth group who did have a different experience. Right. Who were hurt by certain right. things and not others. Yeah. And I think because, in general, I um, have just inherently the struggle to people please yeah that it was like that was just like beaten yeah in that situation yeah where you're like nothing is at like truly it was like nothing the worst is ever thing you enough. could it was the worst thing that could possibly happen for you like in mm-hmm. terms of like that desire right it's like the right. worst situation is like for everyone to be constantly telling you that you're like you're not good enough when you felt like you were like i am I'm doing everything and yeah. still yet it was just like i don't know if you're a christian or not that was always the big thing. Not sure. We don't know. It was always very much like only God knows. And have you really been that involved in reading that? So it was always this like go to bed every night horrified of like, what can I ever do to have assurance that I am a Christian? Yeah, that's pretty dark. It was a little dark. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it's so strange because my mom didn't make me feel that way. Yeah. My dad certainly didn't. And a That's lot of yeah, no, a lot of the close adults around me didn't make me feel that way. It was these random like outsider kind of like random churchgoers and random people 
Definitely at the old school. Talk about it. Definitely at the old school. Talk about a trigger on the internet. (laughs) That's why the internet's a big trigger. Um, But no, like, definitely like the leaders at the old school that I was. That was a big thing. But a lot, like, it was interesting because, yeah, like you were saying, your experience was different for me. It was like. Mine was my parents. Like, mine was my parents. It still is something I really struggle with is with, you know, immediate family of like, oh my God, like, I get really frustrated oftentimes because I'm like, I don't even like disagree with you on most things, but like I am constantly like othered because Mm. I don't know, I curse or talk about sex Mm -hmm. and not even that much. Like that, it's that weird thing of like, what? And that's something that I have... I was holding on to my label of like Christian and doing all these things like that I felt I had to be doing because not because of my community, but because of like the people I wanted to make proud most in my life. And it's a, it's, I don't think it's like a, it's just a different struggle. And it's definitely one that, becomes more raw actually like the older I get of like um and when that definitely like comes up with my kids of like Mm. um I Mm. felt like perfection was really like demanded of me by um my immediate family and like still kind of is and we were even joking recently as a family not joking but like uh, I guess the way we do is like sort of laughingly reflecting seriously on right. like we don't say the my 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 one of my siblings and I were like the first thing that we ever have to say about someone to someone else is something really critical and mean like it's immediately like bro like did you see how they did that like oh my god like it's always mm-hmm. the immediate instinct is to put people down to put each other down like the amount of times that in my immediate family will be like someone says something, you know, and we're like, wow, that's so cool is like never. Mm. I mean, it's definitely gotten better as we've gotten no, older. No, but like it's not just like, wow, I'm so proud of you or that was great. No, and not <laughs> even just like, I'm not even just talking about parents, like kids. No, I'm like, talking about like sibling to sibling yeah. and all of that. It's like, you know, it's always like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know, Josh, like I don't, you know, it's all, we're always just kind of like, like always doing this judgy thing. Cause it's just, it, yeah, it's just, and, and I see it with all five of us kids and I see it with my parents is like this constant, like striving, like gotta, like, just gotta, gotta be better, not good enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, so yeah, that's hard in its in its own unique way. But I oh, also yeah. feel grateful that I that in my community of like in my circle that that's not something I I had to but grapple it's, with. It's I, guess. Di- I mean, it's just, it's just different, different types. It's just like different. it's just yeah. different types. Yeah. That's it. You but know? it's definitely gotten more raw. Like with time, I think I was in like denial about a lot of those dynamics because. Um, and again, me and one of my siblings were talking about how we both almost feel this guilt about talking about these kind of things about our family. Cause we feel like such loyalty. Like I feel, and I was telling you this, like I feel, or you were sort of agreeing. Like I have such loyalty to my family. Like I, oh, yeah. 
if anyone tries to say anything, it's like, oh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up. You don't know them, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah, and we're all really protective of each other like that um, to other people. And um, but it's been very raw to kind of like expose how much that and a lot of that is linked. But you know what? A lot of that is linked to Christianity. But again, people use things as tools because I know both of my parents didn't grow up in Christian homes. And it was a very similar critical dynamic, hypercritical dynamic. No, it's so. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm going to turn the air on really quick. So hot. By the way, out of forty eight hundred (gasps) votes, the vote. 64% 64% have no song. Wow, all right, damn. So, anyway. No, I think about that, what you were saying with your parents not being raised in a Christian home. I think about that a lot with my with my mom even too. Like, my mom would say if you talk to her that she was raised in like a kind of Christian home. My grandfather was not. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was, but like, she was in and out of church. Like, she, it was not this home that was like, the foundation is Christianity. Right. And my mom, like I said, I didn't ever feel that pressure from my mom like you felt from your parents. What was interesting with my mom is I watched my mom feel the pressure. Mm. And so it was like, you know, I would mold myself after what my mom would do. Right. right? And I would watch my mom, my mom just for years do and she cares about people so much she's just like this busy like wanting to always make sure people are okay and taken care of and all of that and she would just do and do and do and it was like it never was quite good enough and she was always getting into there was conflict and it was just and she tried so hard and she would feel like at least as her child watching her, I'd be like, oh, she's consumed by this all the time because she feels like she's always having to defend herself. Right. And she's a great person. Uh, She's a good person, man. Such a good person. And it's like, there's always something that's not enough. And then I would watch her like almost just like, just via energy, like fighting back, like, no, I am good enough. Yeah. And like the struggles of that, but no, she wouldn't, she wouldn't put it on me. Right. But then when you see your parents, you're like, you see your parents, you kind of follow along suit. And I felt like my family has been the ones that like people have looked to for approval, right? Like Uh, approval from them, including like, you know, me and my siblings. But, um, you know, it's just, we're all, but also it's, you know, again, it's just something that gets brought up in just even with my own kids of like, damn, like I do expect so much from like my own kids. Like I am like, this is how we act. This is how we do things like, uh, 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 uh. And you do not do that. And you didn't, that is not how we do things. We do not do that in public. We do not talk to me. Nope, 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 nope. And, and you know, I, it's definitely like a good reminder. And it's nice to see those reminder on reminders on Instagram all the time of like, yeah. And, you know, I was a, like to the to the to the outside world, especially in my first 10 years, I was like a perfect child. Like I was so polite and like so well behaved and, you know, could like talk to adults like so politely and like all of that. Um, but there's also so much of that that I'm like sorting through now that, 
you know, I, I, I have difficulty, you know, validating my own emotions and holding space for my own struggles because, you know, I think that I didn't have, I was just talking to my, one of my sisters about this the other day, like we didn't have space to, we didn't like ever have space to like express ourselves, mm -hmm. like without being told like, you, you know, we, we just, we just never, we never had that space. It was just always like, even if it was like a genuine question of like, but why can't like, but what? And it was like, nope. And it was so like frustrating. It was just like, I've always, it was just like bottling things in. It was like, okay, like life is just gonna be harder for me if I like just, I'm just, ugh, yeah. just have to deal with it. And that's something that, um, yeah, now I just have to, I just have to like let myself like, feel anything right it was like because just frustration sadness you know confusion it was like I wasn't I I don't know there wasn't like a lot of space for me to be any of those things so like I had to develop just like not showing those things as like a I just had to and then now as an adult I'm like oh my god like I can't talk about anything hard without like kind of like ha 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 like mm. laughing and smiling through it and mm -hmm. I can't even, sometimes even when I'm trying to, I can't even ex access that emotion when I'm like talking about difficult things. Like, I don't even know how to bring that there. I think just cause like a young age, I had to like put that back down. But again, like I also recognize generally, generationally that there was so much growth from you know, what some of my family had to go through versus what I had to go through, like a lot of growth and a lot of healing. So I also know that there will be even more of that that mm -hmm. I'm passing down to my kids and that makes me feel better. Um, it's so true. But, you know, a lot of that shit comes out to the surface like now, you know, like late 20s or 30s, oh, probably 40s, probably yeah. 50s, probably 60s, 70s, oh, yeah. 80s. I didn't, I mean, I'll, to be honest, it's like I was just kind of like by the book regardless of like discomforts just being like this is just the way it is until mm. probably I was like 26 mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I was like I got a problem with this 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 and that and I'm not comfortable with this and da 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 and I remember having this like moment of, I was like a child I was like literally having like this like like childlike tantrum I remember in front of Evan just crying and just like just of like I am a grown-up. Mm -hmm. I should be allowed to decide my life. This wasn't about anything he was pushing, by the way. It was like in a situation where it was church-related. Right. And I was like, I thought maybe one day people would respect my choices and what I have to say when I don't want to do this sure. or I don't feel comfortable doing this. And nobody's listening to me and telling me I still need to because God will give me the strength and I shouldn't be on this pill and I shouldn't do it. Like all this stuff. I'm like, how is this happening? I'm a grown-up. It was like this child just like, let me, you know, it's a whole oh my, oh my God. different way of operating. Mm -hmm. But anyway, on that note, a lot of people ask questions. And so I yes, thought I'd ask. Let's answer some of I them. I had people on uh, Instagram ask either advice questions of us pertaining to these things or like just ask us questions about our life, which was funny because also some people were like, <laughs> some people are asking questions where I'm like clearly you have not listened to these episodes because they're sort of like um 
they were basically asking questions like, That basically sounded like that I was still Christian. It was just kind of funny to me. They were like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was okay. like, wait, no, I don't think you know uh, where I'm at. But actually, like, off the topic of what you were just saying, a lot of people were asking, like, how do you handle stuff with your kids? You mean, like, spiritual? Yeah, because actually it's like really religion? interesting. I don't know if I would have thought that I would have done this, but I just, like, I... Uh, Frank's like still a little young, but Ruth's three and a half. And we like, um, we pray every night together and, and I, I explain things to her, like, which I, and great, it used to upset him, but now it doesn't like all we say, like, God did this. Like, we'll say like, oh, like God mm-hmm. made the world or like, we'll say things like that. Right. Or like, um, or like to, you could say thank you like to God for your cousins, you know, or like things like that. Um, or like, yeah. So it's kind of, and, and we don't really go much farther than that. Or like when our pets die, you know, we, we don't say like heaven, but I do say like, mom, I think we've just said, no, I actually think we just literally say like when you're dead, like you're kind of gone you don't see them again, but you can think of them and, like maybe one day when you die, you'll see them again. We like mm. say it like that. Um, what about you guys? Well, with Ember, she didn't let us get a. She didn't let us take our time <laughs> figuring it out for a long time because it's like such a young age. She was like, "What is this God people are talking yeah. about?" Like, man, there's just too many questions. Basically, with Ember, we tell her what mommy and daddy believe. Yeah, like mom and dad both have the same similar belief that we don't know. That's where we land. Um, We have no idea if there is a God, if there isn't. Um, I don't, and I tell her, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to tell you that I know. Maybe one day I'll change my mind and tell you something different that I believe in, but I'll just say this, like, I can't tell you that I know anything because I I, I don't. And that's, that's where I land. And so we then tell her, you are your own person and you can believe whatever you want to believe. Yeah. The only thing that mommy and daddy talk about is that you need to be kind and loving yeah. to other people. Yeah. So if that belief goes against that, right. there's then we're having a conversation. Yeah. But I tell her, I'm like, you know, because she has a bunch of friends at school who one friend's Catholic, one friend's Hindu. And so yeah. we have these different conversations. And so she'll come home and ask me like, uh, my friend believes this. And what does this mean? And we'll talk about it. I'm like, yeah, they believe this and this. And I told her, I'm like, you know, uh, again, you can believe anything you want. And if you're ever interested in wanting to go to one of the churches yeah. or the temples, I'm more than happy to take you. And I just want her to be feel so comfortable to if she's ever interested in anything that Evan and I will support that. Again, so long as there's kindness and love and acceptance of other people. Yeah. So we just try to have that conversation. And when she was like two or three, what did you say? We just kind of like redirected a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when she'd be like, what is God? I'd be like, well, God is what some people think is a being that yeah. takes care of the world. Yeah. And she's and sometimes then she got a little older and she's like, do you believe in right, God? Right, and I'd right, say, right. I, don't, I don't know if I believe right. in God or not. I'm not sure. And so now when I, you know, I ask her and she's like, I believe what you and dad believe. And I always, but I, and we'll all be like, oh, okay. But I always then in the conversation, try to tell her just so you know, right. if you ever change your mind, that's okay. Yeah. And we can talk about it. 
and we can learn. I'm like, we'll read books about whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I said, it's your choice. And, um, you know, so yeah, I just try to leave it open-ended. And the only thing when it comes to like death, my conversation with her is that I don't know what happens after you die. Shockingly enough, it's not a fearful thing for her. It's like, okay. And she's like, what about heaven? I'm like, maybe. I'm like, I sure hope so. Yeah, I would yeah. love that. Right, yeah. And I said, I like to think that we are able to be with the people that we love when we die. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not sure. The only thing where I hardline is hell. Yeah. I said, nope, not true. Did she ask about hell? She did. One of her friends who is a Christian from school was talking about hell at school and then brought it up. She brought it up when she came home. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared, this hell place. And that was the, where mom and dad went hardline and we're like, no, that's, and, and, and when we referred to her friend, I was like, Amber, it's not your, it's not our place to go tell your friend that it doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, it's not, when it comes to your friend, that's what her, well, that's what her family has taught yeah. her. Um, and so you don't need to go and tell her that she's wrong. Yeah. But it's, that's not real. And I, I hardline with the hell. So thing. you don't say you don't know that exists. You no. say you know it doesn't. That's where I'm going to hardline. That's where I hardline. Because I, for me, and maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm making a mistake and it'll come bite me no, in the I ass one day. No, I don't think it's a mistake. But, but that's where one thing where I go, that provided so much unnecessary mm. fear. And I don't know, the, the, hell, the hell thing, there was so much fear there for me. And even just, and it was almost a knee-jerk reaction when I saw her come home Ember's not, Ember doesn't get like riled up and scared, but whatever was told to her freaked her out. Yeah. And I was like, nah, we're not doing that thing. Yeah. You can go the Buddhist route. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say hell exists here on earth. <laughs> you could say there are places here. Yeah. Like, hell is a state of mind, is a state of being. I am like, I'm honestly excited to see what she what she chooses to believe or not believe. I do. I actually, if we're just talking about our beliefs, like I think I do, like I personally do believe that I do believe that hell exists. And I believe that hell to me is like suffering. Sure. So, and I think that like, we've talked about it before, but I feel like it's something I've really been reflecting on recently of like pain and suffering are two different things. And I do think that like suffering to me is like this hellish state of existence that can happen, you know, transcendent of financial, any of these things. Like there are some people who like truly like suffer in their own private existence. That to me is hell that's very dramatic you wouldn't tell that's a six-year-old but that's just in terms of like what i believe like i think that that's like what i believe i would probably fall into a similar camp but this conversation was no. there's a burning hole that yeah. i'm going to go to if i'm bad yeah type santa claus business and yeah. i was like that's gonna be a no for me yeah that's yeah. we're not going there that's, yeah but again maybe i should maybe i should have been like i don't know but you could tell her hell is the future if we don't take care of the earth. <laughs> that I could tell her. That I could. But share you know what? Her. That's also something I struggle with though too, because it's interesting in our current world. It is kind of interesting with like conversations about like climate change and environmental stuff, which is very real. Uh, granted, 
I've noticed like we are literally giving like the hell conversation to like our young kids about that, even though it's like a very real thing. I have seen and I've been reading about little kids that are like really plagued with like Mm. a deep uh, existential fear and crisis Mm. about like what the world is going to be when they grow up. And Mm. that is like really dark to me. And I don't really know what like the antidote is because it's definitely not to just smooth it over and be like, no, everything's going to be fine. But like I've been hearing more and more about little kids that like, you know, we growing up in Christian churches were worried about hell. They're like literally plagued, like cannot sleep at night, like worrying about like our planet and like the environment, which is like not much better, but I don't know what like the antidote. No, I don't know. We have to talk about it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about of like, anyway, and again, like I, I do think there are so many ways that we've been interchanging this religious like vocabulary and doctrine, translating this like fear doctrine into like just a different set of things with the exact same emphasis on like guilt and shame and perfection and performative performativism and sin and all these kind of things. That's not really the same as what I was talking about with the environmental thing, but just made me think about how I think we really have to be careful about how we take on religious fervor and this code of more strict code of morality with very little room for people to just be. I think we have to be careful of that. That's a sidebar. But as a former traumatized slightly traumatized christian i'm like y'all gotta be careful y'all gotta be careful well ember <laughs> is an agnostic yeah i was gonna say i don't know i'm not worried about that with no, it, no, ember. Like, like she's an ag- i think that's what i would call her okay off- i think she's like i think i might believe in god but i but i don't know i don't know i don't know off of that note where do you think when when she says like i think i believe what mommy and daddy believes what do you think that be- what does that mean to you I loved earlier what you were saying about how there's almost like less vocabulary that you can find that really resonates with me. I feel like the farther I get into what I would then call my reconstruction phase, I guess, the less vocabulary I have to answer that question. Sure. Um, Because for me, what it means now is... um, I don't know. I want to respect people's belief systems. I want to respect what makes people better. If that makes people step into their humanity more and accept people and love people, I'm like all about it, support that. But for me personally, I don't know if I'll ever land in a place where I don't know if I'll ever land in a place where I'm like comfortable saying this is what I believe Mm. because I've had so many because I shouldn't. There's been so many. But when I knew something with every fiber of my being, there were so many things about Christianity and specifically the type of Christianity I was raised with in the Bible that were hardline that I knew 
and would have died defending that I have learned to discover are completely false. Mm -hmm. So I am now in this place where I'm like, I don't feel like I can say that I know. I think I would say pretty with a lot of certainty. I feel like I know there's more than us. And that's a really general thing. I would say that. I feel like I know there's I feel more pretty, than my consciousness. I like, feel pretty comfortable saying that as well. Yes, yes. With the size of our universe. Like, yeah. Yes, de definitely. You know, definitely more than my consciousness. Yes. But maybe not even because maybe my consciousness, you know, the whole dumb simulation thing maybe you know, like, you know knows, we've but, talked about that but that feels i, mean, I don't I, know that doesn't the simu the, the the just my consciousness simulation thing for me personally doesn't feel healthy for me to process <laughs> because it just makes it very much about me well and i guess i think when you what what you believe in like what you claim to know i think are two different things so okay so okay all right because like i might believe in ghosts doesn't mean i i don't necessarily right. think i know there's ghosts what like, i would like to believe okay I, that's even tough for me. I, we've talked about it before where like I've, I've really heavily landed in um, humanity or like life where it's like, this is what I know is real. And so that's where I try to see God. And I don't know if there's this, I, this being that's created everything, you know, whatever. But like what I know to, to be God is, what's in front of me. And I even like pull that from the Bible where it's like sons and daughters of God. It's like, okay, what I see are reflections of God everywhere. And that's when I just try to respect the reflections, love and respect and accept the reflections of God that I see around me and myself, because I am a reflection of God. That's kind of, and I, what I really hope is that there's something after that maybe a different consciousness we slip into and like a piece. I would, I would love to think about that. I love to think that or nothingness, but yeah, I wish like you were saying, when you're talking about the vocabulary thing, I'm like, I wish that I had this like great answer um, for where I land, but that's where I land. And the more that I, like, as the years pass and the more I read and study, the more I'm like, yeah, I sure don't know. Mm -hmm. And I feel really good about it. Like, I feel the most peaceful by a mile that I have ever felt in my process out of, for me, evangelical Christianity. Because mm -hmm. I don't feel so angry anymore. You know? I think I I think I believe I think I believe like a lot of things are neutral but then there's like chaos and then there's like so many different people's individual experiences like I guess I just even think about in the wild like in nature and how it all is always funny to me because we like always put our human twist on things, right? Like, um, I don't know, some girl was like arguing with me about veganism and was just like, you're exploiting your chickens and like, anyway, <laughs> anyway, 
And I, my chicken got loose and I posted about it and she was like, I hope it gets away. And I was like, why? Like, so it can be like eaten by like a neighbor's dog or like starved to death. Like, what are you talking about? And where I'm going with that is sort of like, it's interesting how we put our human like morality on things, right? Like, um, and I do believe like animal cruelty is a very real thing, but it's also so interesting for me to like, look at the wild and be like, dude like the someone just the other day like had has um has goats and like their their mama goat like gave birth to a six pound baby and a two pound baby goat and it like buried the two pound baby goat with the placenta and like Mm. because it was like you know that's like a nature thing you know it's like oh the baby's gonna be too small to survive Mm -hmm. and so it's just gonna like and that you know is like you Mm -hmm. you're like oh my god god that's so dark and that's like nature dude like nature is a crocodile like stalking a stampede of whatever and picking off like the sickly injured one in the back Mm -hmm. and like tearing off its limbs while it's still alive i know this is a little but it's like that is like that's like nature Mm -hmm. and is it bad or good like the crocodile is gonna starve if it doesn't eat the animal so it's like that's bad for the animal but it's good for the crocodile like uh, 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 we can't like assign morality to that like it's too difficult and I kind of think about that in the terms of the universe is like it's so hard to assign meaning to that I think what's pretty miraculous about existing as a human is that we can try to assign meaning or make meaning of like chaos and And that kind of amazes me that we have the capacity to think about those things and to conceptualize of them and to try not to do things that create suffering, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I know that people say we're no different from animals, but it is always crazy to me how humans in our consciousness, we can consciously try not to create suffering for others. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we'll make big sacrifices to try to avoid other people suffering. So that's pretty amazing to me. So that in and of itself feels really divine. But anyway, that was really a philosophical kind of rant. I do. I think I do believe in like, you're like, there's heaven, there's hell. (laughs) Some of y'all are going. (laughs) (laughs) You're in there. You're in there. I get to you and my DMs. No, I think I believe in spirits. Yeah. For sure. I believe in another realm of um I kind of just thought of this right as I was saying it, but like sometimes I feel like humans like we're this bridge between these two dimensions of like this mm. neutral world of chaos, like I said, like this wild world of nature where it's just you know, yeah, eat or be eaten or whatever. And then there's this like other realm only sometimes we touch in these moments of like life and death and birth and and uh vision and dreams and like sometimes we like touch the other side mm-hmm. and and sex and all these things like sometimes we touch the other side and then sometimes we're like so in that like pure human mm-hmm. selfish like just trying to grasp yeah. onto anything we can but it's pretty cool to feel like we're like this bridge. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like a really cool way to think about humanity is like 
like like that little tarot card where it's like as above so below it's like we're touching both at once yeah and that's why we walk upright someone else said that i think <laughs> mm. yeah so god no yes well, spirit divinity yeah i think god's just like a very human way of like putting something we don't understand yeah. like in a box mm -hmm. and i think that even a lot of christian i remember my parents saying that of like god is just like it's our human box that we're like that we put him into mm. you know right like that's a man nice. mine was definitely like no it's a man <laughs> and he looks <laughs> well, but like this the thing. but then that's the thing if you say like you know god's not a man or a woman then it's sort of like yeah well well you know oh, hold on yeah what's like if you're like well, we had conflicting <laughs> messages for sure yeah. you know where i'm like god's wise god of yeah no that's yeah okay want to answer a couple more questions yeah let's do it okay as someone who wants to share with others about the peace Christianity has brought me slash a positive experience, what are some ways to do that that are inviting and loving without overstepping? Don't fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about fucking God to me. You know, as a non-Christian, my initial answer to that would be and I, I'm not saying this just to someone who's Christian. I'd be saying this about any experience that you feel, you know, to be life-changing and true and all these things. Um, I would say, first of all, you know, check the motivation. Are you sharing with this person because you desire to, like, help and help enrich? Or are you sharing to prove that your point is the right point? Um, or that your way is the right way. I'm Sounds not like saying, what she's saying, you know, let's just assume she's coming at it with what she said. As someone who wants to share with others about the peace Christianity has brought me. So if it's purely about peace um, and sharing an enriching experience that's happened to you, I think that that's great. I would, first of all, ask the person permission before diving into that, you know, if, if we're talking about trying to be like hyper respectful here is just ask like, hey, are you comfortable with me? Like for me, Christianity has been super healing and has brought so much peace. Like, are you comfortable with me sharing about how? Because you might be sitting across from someone who has so much religious trauma that number one, they won't hear you and they don't want to hear you. Number two, it could be damaging for them because it might dredge up certain things. But if you ask them and they're open, then I think that like just fully sharing your experience is you sharing your experience. If the person is willing and open to hear it, I think that that's great. I think it's, it's hard to sometimes the two are wrapped up into one, like uh, what you're talking about, about wanting to be right and wanting to help. Because like I'm just even thinking about what, some things I'm passionate about, let's say like health or birth or something like that. Like sometimes it's both where I'm like, this is going to help you. Mm -hmm. And so I want to tell you, read this book, listen to this podcast. And like, I might kind of like hammer it in, but like, cause I really believe that this will help you, which yeah, is it a little, maybe a little arrogant? Yeah. But also coming from a place of like, I, I, I am someone who's always like, let me, I want to help. I want you have a problem. I really think I can help you. Um, but I think, though, at least for myself, when I think back, 
in the past when I was involved in the church and I would, you know, for instance, would be sharing certain things with certain people. When I would check my motivation, it was always like kind of eye opening to me where it'd be like if my motivation was like, I want to help you. Mm -hmm. And that was what it was, then that's that's pure motivation of wanting to help. And you can believe that, like, no, I know what I'm going to do is right. But my thing is more like, and again, maybe I can only speak to myself personally. There were plenty of times when I was sharing my walk with Jesus to a certain friend where it was a little bit like, I'm going to share this with you because, like, you need to hear this. Mm-hmm. And there was an arrogance there to it. Again, I'm not saying this person is that way at all. That's just for myself. Where if I'm being like answering the question of like, what's the best way? I think people, I think, and again, maybe it's just me. I can feel different energy when someone is coming to me who let's just say is a Christian who is like, I really want to share with you how this has been so beneficial. And that is pure. I can feel that energy versus when there's this motivation of like, I'm going to set you straight a little bit here. Like, I know you're saying Christianity is bad in these ways, but like, this is why it's like, it's just a different energy. So I feel like sometimes touching base with that can at least, has at least been like something that I've noticed about myself when I was, when I was still participating in evangelical Christianity and I was kind of coming out a little more, I would have those moments where I would kind of like check myself when I'd be in conversations with friends where at least in my Christianity, and this isn't just Christianity, this is many different things in in life. I, I had it rooted in a lot of like arrogance of like, I know the right way and your way, there's no way you could possibly have it right because my way is the right way. Well, and look, it's kind of hard because also if you've gone through stuff with Christianity, like I'm probably going to interpret most people. I'm, I'm going to misinterpret though people's, I personally will misinterpret people's motivation. I will be immediately oh, be triggered by anyone talking about like the piece of Christianity. So there's kind of for me and even someone asking literally just for me, someone asking like, Hey, that is like really totally. triggering to me. Cause oh, also I'm sure. like immediately thrown into a thing of like, if I say no, I don't want to hear about it, then like, what is this person going to think about me? But then if I say yes, then I'm going to have to like hear about something that I really don't want to. And like, oh, panic, which isn't their responsibility. It's like my own. Um, Yeah. So to that, I would sort of say, just like share briefly about your own experience if it's appropriate in the moment. Be like, man, when I was going through that, like, I remember, you know, reading this. And if, if that's true to you, I remember reading this in the Bible. Or I remember when like a pastor said this to me, or I remember like going to church and being around these people who all were there to like hold me through this process. And like, man, that like brought me so much peace. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can just leave it. at Like, I feel like that's a very natural way sure. to then just leave it at that. And then if they ask more, you can tell more. And then if they turn the conversation another way then you know then that you, they're then, not one to talk you, about and then it. you just sure, be respectful sure. just like i think turn around on yourself too like if someone was talking to you about like how much atheism has brought peace to their life good, right it's example. like it's yeah. like how would you you know how maybe they could just share their experience and would you feel uncomfortable if they kept being like 
So have you ever thought about like atheism? Totally. Would you no. like to come to this atheist circle with me? Like that might make you feel a little weird. That's very, that's a great point. So, that's, a very, that's a very good point. I would point. try to sort of like, yeah. put some, you know, it yeah. was the opposite of what you believe kind of, totally. or something and that not, you might be and triggered by. And by the way, my thing, not to shame this person at all. Like I said, I can only draw from my own experience and know that like I was in sometimes those places. And again, it's not just Christianity. It's in other parts of my life where I was coming from a place of like, I know I'm right and that's why well, I'm going to share it. Well, you don't have to defend it. it, right? It's like, that's kind of to your point too. Right. It's like, you don't, you also don't have to defend Christianity right. to someone who has... And I was going to say to this person, though, too, let's like just to speak to them also, like if you do share and it's something that like it means so much to you because yeah. Christianity has brought you peace and the other person like really gets <laughs> triggered or is like shuts down or is like get out of my face or whatever. Just know that like it's maybe not about you and there's other and it's like there's there's a lot of triggers that people have and so many layers and to not take it personally and yeah yeah yes <laughs> and I'll, yeah you don't have to be yeah i guess some people feel like they do but i also feel like you don't have to be an advocate for something i struggle with this a lot like I, for example to use like you know Again, birth as an example. If someone would be like, the natural birth community is blah, 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 blah. I'm like, excuse me? Well, you probably just had a bad experience. You know, and it's like, yeah. I think it's important to just remember, like, you don't have to be like the advocate to change someone's mind and just be like, I well, can and, validate that. And well, just and that's the thing, too. That was that person's experience right. with that. And so it is a trigger or traumatizing. Experience. So there's a level, two of like, you know, let's just say with specifically with religion, sometimes it's like, it's better to wait until someone comes and asks you and is like, hey, I need help with this or I'm struggling with this. Like, what are your thoughts? And then you can, and then someone's like, someone's seeking out mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. And then you can be there mm -hmm. and like tell them the truth that has existed for you and your experience with Christianity. Yeah. Oh my God, this person what? said, this person's getting blocked. This person said, if you know Jesus, why don't you act more like him? Oh my God, that is the meanest thing I've ever heard. First of all, also, have you studied Christ? Yeah, I was going to say, first of all, y'all claim to know Jesus. You don't fucking know a thing about Jesus. You saying Jesus lover? I don't really think you know what he's... Do not get me started, especially on Jesus economics. I will tear you all to shreds, you greedy fucking bastards. Do not get me started. Also, do you think Jesus would slide into someone's a question box talking about spirituality and throw shade in a slam like that? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> you disgusting. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Two questions I want us to answer. Okay. One, some, once I, one, one person said, why are some of the worst people ever devout Christians? I think some of the worst people ever are Christians and not Christians. I personally like don't really believe that. But maybe if you think that someone's being hypocritical, that could be the worst kind of person to you. But I, I personally don't believe that like most of the worst people are devout Christians. I kind of think that's just a human thing. And I know plenty yeah. of horrible fucking people that don't claim to be Christians. I think what's the what feels maybe insidious about it is because they're preaching love right, and then they're right. not acting on it. Not so right. you're like, 
the oh, hypocritical so you're, part. Of yeah, it. yeah, you're 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 gonna talk about like God being love and yeah. all this, and then you're gonna be terrible. Yeah, so it feels very yeah. insidious. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of people just asked about like. A lot of people asked about like, uh, you know, parents and stuff and raising kids and like what I told Gray about this because Gray was really like. I just told Gray, like, look, babe, like the amount of time they spent with us, like versus any people in our lives who are like Christians is like such a fraction. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I hope that we create a space for them to be able to ask questions to us. Like if they're confused or if they, but like ultimately they're going to default to the people who they spend like 90% of the time with. That's what I kind of told him. And I was like, also, you know, it might not be exposing them to the exact kind of thing that we want to teach them. But ultimately like I, as long as they can come to us to talk through it, like it's giving them more like, things to think about and like diversity of thought so that's sort of my thought on that yeah I mean I think when it comes to like you know your kids with parents or in-laws or whatever I think that it's first of all it's very individual to individual because some people know that it's like hey this is no I am not comfortable with my children yeah some parents might be teaching different might be saying or doing different things than others right so it's like again you you know you obviously use like your boundaries if you're like no yeah it's a no then you feel comfortable in that and know that that's the best thing um for you and your family but um I think it's completely appropriate to have a conversation with family um to say I know for myself personally, I had a conversation with my mom and I said, you know, I know that this is what you believe. And I just gave her certain boundaries. Like I'm not comfortable with you talking about this and this with her because I don't want her to get scared. Right. It's a fear thing. Right. But you are more than welcome. You know, and again, this is just for for us where I'm like you, you know, I know that you, you pray and you talk about Jesus and you're, you know, it's your home. You're more than welcome to share that with her. Um, specifically is sharing it in a way of like, this is what I believe right, right. versus like, this is fact. Right, right. Right. And my mom has been amazing to really respect those boundaries. And it, it, I appreciate that a lot. So I think setting, like having those conversations is important, you yeah. know, but then at the same time too, um, the other thing that I think is really important is making sure that your child feels safe to bring that up to you. Right. Exactly. When the maybe your parents or your in-laws bring that up to them, because I know exactly. and, I, and I know you feel in your gut all of a sudden when you tell your parents, don't talk. when you say this is my boundary, don't talk about Jesus dying on the cross because that's scary to my kid. And your kid comes home and says, Jesus died on the cross. And I know the reaction inside you is to want to flip out and be like, they said what? Or like, you're never going or right. whatever just to do your best to create a space that allows your kid to be like, Oh really? What did they share with you? Oh, right. interesting. What did you think about that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Mommy, that, that's not right, what we believe. Right, that's right. what, that's what you're, and then having, if you're going to freak out, have a conversation privately with your parents or your in-laws right. so that your child feels safe to, to talk about that with you. Totally. Yeah. That's exactly what I meant of like, yeah. Creating a space where like they can process that yeah. with you. But yeah, the reactions are big with not just Christian stuff, any kind of thing of them bringing stuff up to you. You sure. always want to be careful that they're not hiding something 
you know, because they don't want to upset you or, you know. Or upset their grandparents. Right, or, right, you know. Right, yeah. And specifically. And for their safety, too. A thousand percent. And specifically with the religious piece, I would say, too, like, a way that I, it helps me remember because, oh, I feel it in my gut. There's been some situations where I'm like, okay. Um, where I'm like, okay, deep breath. This is your trauma, not your child's. Don't dump your trauma on your child right now. Receive it as face value for what she is experiencing mm -hmm. and have that conversation. Then, you know, walk away, get in your car, and you can scream in your shut yep. car alone about your trauma. Yep. Yeah, because our kids are all blank slates, right? I and know. already all of our kids, yeah. or my and your kids, just we they don't have that no blueprint that no. we were raised with you mm -mm. know even just a few years in, it's a big difference they big don't difference they don't have any of that mm -hmm. um and lord knows we project a lot of that onto them <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep but also some of it's projecting but some of it's not you know it's like there are definitely times where i'm like damn i'm really glad that like i'm yeah that i'm not doing that thing with Me them. Me too, 100%. So. It's important to sit in those moments of, it's really important to sit in those moments of victory when you're parenting, to like take a pause and go and stop always just criticizing and go, wow, I just had this moment where that's a big victory. Like I looked at Evan the other day and he was struggling with something and Ember <laughs> just looked in a mirror and was like, wow, I love myself. And she kind of like said that and then just walked away. And I looked at Evan and I go, remember when you're struggling right now that when you were a child, you have a vivid memory of being five or six years old and saying, I hate myself. Mm. A lot of damage there. And I'm like, what you know is your daughter at the same age saying I love myself mm -hmm. sit in that victory mm -hmm. sit in it you know what I mean did you and feel yeah. like you ever saying that you you hated yourself did you do you think that you ever felt that way like for I'm a sure long stretch of time yeah I'm sure I did I think a lot of that came from shame right. and I think that's a lot of what Evans was was yeah. shame based of like I'm doing everything wrong yeah already as a young kid yeah and saying that you know yeah. So it was like, oh my God, I'm sure we're making tons of mistakes as a parent. But Ember loves herself. That's a win for sure. Yeah. On that last note, the one question that I wanted to answer, the people um, were asking, how do you live authentically and truthfully in your like Christian family? <sighs> That is a question with two sides a little bit for me because one side of my family, I now have a very open flowing you can, conversation you can, you can, with. You can just stick with the, like any kind of part of the family that you feel like the least accepted. And I would say in your authentic, truthful self, okay. answer it from that perspective. Okay. From the part of the family where it's not accepted. Um, I've created boundaries and have learned that 
there are, you know, for a while, those boundaries involved time spent and that had to be more limited Mm -hmm. just for my mm-hmm. own mental health and honestly theirs as well because you know I was a trigger too yeah <laughs> um but also boundaries in conversation I'm not sharing certain things mm. and that's not me being inauthentic it's me being like this isn't for you and you're just saying that you do that quietly you just decide to withhold certain yeah. things okay versus saying to them yeah. like oh I don't want to talk about that no yeah I just don't bring certain things right. up for sure and it's not living inauthentically for sure. it's just more like you're not a safe place for this. Also, so I I'm think, not going to bring it up. Yeah. And also I've had moments too, where I am actually not bringing things up, like also to not hurt the other person. Sure. And like, I don't, I think that there's certain messages we get in culture sometimes of like, well, and I say it too, of like, that's not your responsibility, but also like sometimes it's like this. Sometimes like I'll hear like in a, I'll use an example sometimes I'll hear something upsetting about like, let's say Gray's gym. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell Gray that. Is it me like hiding or lying to him? No, it's just saying like, I don't need to like make him feel upset for like no reason. He yeah. doesn't need to know this. Oh, a thousand And so there are plenty percent. of things with my family where it's like that, where it's like, well, they don't need to know this. So I am going to just like, hide. I guess you could call it hiding or I'm just not going to bring it up or I'm going to sidestep it because I, like, I don't need them to feel pain. A thousand percent. <laughs> It's like simple as that sometimes. I will keep going back to this song for the rest of my life. It's the Maddie Zom Zam song about Christianity and in the chorus, the part that hit me like a ton of bricks was someday you'll learn to keep your own secrets. And that hit me so hard because I think there is an indoctrination in a lot of evangelical Christianity of like God sees everything. So you, need to just expose it all like because if you don't you're lying you're hiding and it's like no some things are sacred just for you or for certain friends or for your partner and you or whatever and that's not hiding or lying something that is literally having boundaries and being like I don't I don't feel comfortable getting up in front of this group of people and sharing that Mm -hmm. that's not for them Mm -hmm. that's my secret for either just myself or for these certain people around me and so that was something like that I'm still trying to figure that out because Lord knows I can just be a blabbermouth and just blah, say something. But what I've learned has been the most helpful for my relationship with those people in my family are to just not share certain things. Yeah. And honestly, as painful as this sounds, and I know it's not a fun thing to say, but there's some relationships that you keep surface level. Yeah, that's been something that I've actually really struggled with. I don't have, I think I have a clear answer to this because like some of the really, really close people in my life, it uh, just feels like there's like raw stuff that just keeps getting like, because there are certain people where I like don't, like I, I, there's a conflict because I don't want to put up a boundary. Like not because... It's like, I want, and this is just it, really hard. Like, I want to share things with them. I want to feel open with them. I want to feel connected and honest, like, whenever I'm around them. And I don't feel like I have that. And it's really, really painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, there's, n- it's kind of like a lose-lose situation because it's either like, 
I am, and it's mutual too. Either I am fully sharing myself and it's received in a way that's painful. And I know it's also the same with them. If they share everything with me that they're thinking, feeling in those moments, my reaction is like, and that's painful for them. And so, um, yeah, also sometimes it just sucks because there's like no, or you're not in a place in that moment to both exist like authentically with each other without it being really painful. Um, Yeah. But the best antidote I've found for that is to, like if the person, if you don't have like a toxic relationship with them, like if they're not like constantly out to hurt you, of course that's different. But I feel like, me just sharing like I really like want to feel close to you and I feel like I'm disappointing you Mm. or I feel like I'm hurting you and kind of like be open about that as hard as that is that's always gotten me to better places with those people because even if we're having a hard time connecting on these things we disagree with, at least we can connect on the fact that we both want to connect with each other and be close with each other. However that, however difficult that may be. Yeah. And I feel like some of those, it's just like, there's no fun answer to it. It just sucks. Yeah. But I will say for myself personally, I guess for on an encouraging, in an encouraging note, uh, the specific people that, in my family that I was referring to, you know, it was bad for a long time. And, um, again, this isn't to say like you're saying when there's toxic people, sometimes it's just like, it's just a no, but if there's then that desire that it's like, no, I want to have a relationship with this individual or these people. It just took time. I know on my, and and it's still, it's still in process, but, what went from not being able to communicate to surface level communicating to then similar to what you're saying where it's like, Hey, I don't quite know how to talk to you because I feel like I hurt you when I talk to you and you hurt me when you talk to me, but just know that I love you and I want to make something out of this before it's too late. Honestly, um, eventually formed into something that's like a more than a surface. And I have hope that maybe it'll get farther along, but it's something, you know, and it ain't easy. It's not an an easy answer. It really isn't. It's not a fun answer, but it's just the truth, you know? Well, on that depressing note, I know, I'm like, what an intense note. To but look, on. it's not easy. It's not easy. And I think that's the thing about Bible broads. It's, <laughs> it's not, not easy. easy. There's oh. a whole uh, there's a whole load of us who have come together under a whole umbrella of all types <sighs> of different sorts of trauma. But the fact of the matter is, is that the the non upsetting part about all of it is that we do know that you are not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. And there are, and granted, sure, everyone's experiences are different. Yours and mine experiences are different. But like, 
I knew once I started to talk to you that I was like, oh, I'm not fully alone. Like, right. she gets this. Yeah. There are so many other people out there who are getting it with you. And so don't feel like you're alone because you're not. And that, like, conflict and community and family yeah. and friendship and all of that is so not isolated to the Christian That's universal, community. baby. Yeah, that's, that's universal, that's baby. Difficulty and yeah. connection and authenticity yeah. and living in your truth and all of that is unfortunately, unfortunately such a universal. big part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so even if someone may not be able to relate to your religious trauma, I'm sure they got other trauma they could relate to with you, baby. And mm-hmm. we're all wading through a hard hard existence (laughs) no but like conflict and all of that you know it's like and trying to find your identity and feeling confused and reconciling with your old self and your current Mm -hmm. self and all those kind of things are just a big part of like i feel like growing up yeah absolutely well how was that final bible broads episode well that wasn't too bad right there were some heavy moments, but you know what? It's honest and it's transparent. And the Bible Broads episodes, I will say, are the episodes that I feel like I will continue to go back to. Oh, those are so good. Time I'm, and time again. They're time capsules, too. Mm-hmm. I want to listen to our first one. Okay. Well, Broads. Thank you. We love you. The cricket loves you. The cricket loves the us. Cricket the cricket won't go is, like, away. obsessed with the us. The cricket won't fucking go away. No matter how I try, it will not leave. And I choose to love and accept it. (laughs) And with that, Jetsoon Broads.